0: All right, welcome in everyone to the Hustle With Us podcast. We're back for another edition here and we got a little bit of a different edition for you this week. This week, we're talking to Coach Micah Kurtz. He's the current Director of Sports Performance and the Assistant AD down there at Orlando, Florida at Windermere Prep School. He's also a Strength and Conditioning Consultant for the Oak Hill Academy. We all know Oak Hill Academy if you know anything about the high school sports world. He himself, he developed this position. He talks a little about this in this interview. Not only that, just last year, Micah Kurtz, he was named a top 40 coach under 40
1: sports professional.
0: This guy's got the resume. This guy's got the build. This guy's got it all. Craig, what'd you think?
1: Yeah, Micah, um, he is always hustling, man. He's got a, a ton of great ideas, a really excellent philosophy. You know, something that jumped out to me too was just how important safety is in in everything he does as a strength and conditioning coach and just how much he cares about the players It's it's really evident in the way that he talks about it um, and and the stories that he tells
0: Absolutely. And not only that, just how he sort of changes his approach when it's uh, basketball versus football versus mm-hmm. baseball, when it's male versus female, when it's a, when it's a 13-year-old versus an 18-year-old. Everything's got to change depending on where that where that gentleman is or where that, that lady is in their developmental stage. So he's obviously got a good eye for that after so many years of doing it. And uh, he'll tell you about it right here. Let's just get right to it here. Without further ado, Coach Micah Kurtz. Before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports Training app. Are you an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop an effective training program? Look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills, period. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or just looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or on the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook by searching Hustle with Us, also happens to be the name of this podcast. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, welcome in, everyone. We have with us on the line right now, Coach Micah Kurtz, hailing right now, at least, from Orlando, Florida, where he's the assistant AD over there at Windermere Prep School. He also serves as a strength and conditioning consultant coach for the oak hill academy i'm sure you've heard of it once or twice coach how are we doing tonight
2: i'm doing great i'm doing great i appreciate you guys having me on uh to, to talk with you guys definitely an honor for sure to connect with you guys and collaborate
0: oh not a problem let me start off here coach let's hear your story let's hear where you started let's hear where you went coming out of school how'd you end up down in florida where were you before tell us all about it
2: yeah uh, Definitely a, a roundabout story for sure. I'll try and keep it, it, it as short as possible. But I mean, I'm originally from upstate Buffalo, New York, and uh, some of my biggest mentors, some of my uh, biggest role models were my uh, my PE teachers and coaches. And uh, so, at a relatively young age, I I uh, I knew I probably would not be a pro athlete. Uh, probably my junior sophomore or junior year in high school, but Definitely wanted to continue in the in the profession and went and played a small college football at Cortland State outside of Syracuse, New York, and um, majored in physical education. and Wanted to follow in some of my role models that were my PE teachers and coaches. And after I finished playing and finished my degree, I end up getting a, a PE teacher and and coach football and basketball at Patterson High School in Baltimore, Maryland, and kind of became the school's de facto strength and conditioning coach just because I was just got done playing a college sport and young and kind of experienced what I thought experienced in the weight room. He did that for two years and loved it and really really found my passion was I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. And at the time really my, my thought was like hey there's not really high school strength positions. I want to be a college strength coach and I knew to start as a college strength coach, you probably would have to start as a graduate assistant. And ended up um, ended up applying for GA positions all over the country. One of the positions they got offered was at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina. took that position, had a great time, worked under some unbelievable strength coaches, uh, Pat Moore, Billy Anderson, uh, Dan Austin, some great strength coaches at University of South Carolina. And as I was finishing up, I got approached by, uh, by the former principal and former athletic director at AC Florida High School in South Carolina to try and create the school's first-ever full-time strength and condition position at the high school. I thought I'd do it for a year or two hmm. and ended up staying there for nine years and had an unbelievable experience. Uh, we had a lot of success. A lot of it had to do with some great, hard-working athletes and some great coaches that I was able to, to work with and then during my time there as well I uh one of my child best friends from from high school or from childhood Brian Marr, was an assistant basketball coach at Oak Hill Academy and I mean obviously like you said everybody pretty much that's in in the basketball world has heard of Oak Hill Academy and mm-hmm. extremely extremely successful program but They really don't have the funding to create a full-time strength and conditioning position. So um, just through working with them and consulting with them and knowing them, uh, I kind of, I became the school's uh, strength and conditioning consultant where I go up there every few months and and do assessments and, and write their programs and stay in constant contact with them about their programming. And so I've been doing that for the past eight years now. and uh, just this past, I just finished up my first year. Um, I left AC Florida and through mutual connections uh, met our president, our vice president of athletics at Windermere Prep here in Orlando, Florida. And became the school's assistant athletic director and director of sports performance and work with all the athletes uh, at, at, down here at uh, Windermere Prep. Um, in middle school through high school, design the programs, implement the programs. So I've been doing that full-time here for the past year and uh, also still continuing to to work in a consulting role with Oak Hill. So it's been an awesome experience. And there's definitely no better no better level to work with than, uh, than the high school level for sure. Yeah,
0: and I'd say so. You say that you went to AC Floor and, and really just started – the, uh, the strength conditioning program there and it obviously showed in terms of the success that team was able to have and the success you were able to have you actually named the NSCA national strength coach of the year how do you get to that level of notoriety is it just from your team's success or did you have to apply to this position did somebody have to submit your name how do we get to be the NSCA national strength coach of the year
2: so really for so the NSCA strength coach of the year you need to you need to be nominated by one of your peers. And then once you are nominated, there's a whole criteria listing of uh, a listing of stuff that you have to, um, that you have to send into the, the, the review panel. And they actually have a, a panel that selects who would be the strength coach of the year. So basically you're reviewed on like your contributions to the profession, whether it's, um, writing articles, presenting at conferences, anything like that you do as far as um, helping out the profession of strength and conditioning. And then um, the coaches that you work with have to write nominations um, of of their experiences working with you. And then obviously uh, you have to... So the teams that you work with have to be successful as well. And I mean, I would say that was probably... I've worked with some unbelievable coaches. I've some of my best friends. I've, I've been blessed to be able to speak at conferences around the world and around the country uh, to give back to the profession. But I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest reason that I was nominated is because I've been blessed to work with some unbelievably hardworking athletes and some very successful teams uh, and very, very, very brilliant head coaches in their sports, and so. Their success and their hard work has has been able to have me recognized in this profession so I mean I definitely owe it <laughs> to those athletes and those coaches that I work with'll sure. hey, take it
1: yeah and, yeah and no doubt about I'll dig, it uh, I'll
2: take the award for sure though
1: <laughs> yeah you got it and uh, I mean uh, as I was saying no doubt about it um kind of the results matter right the the results definitely matter um and so you know, we follow you on social media. You know, one thing that kind of jumps out, um, you know, next to your name is we've got a lot of letters. We've got a lot of certifications. Um, can you kind of tell us about your philosophy around those certifications? Give us some details behind that.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's, I think as a coach, as any coach, whether it's a coach or a sport coach, I mean, we're continually preaching to our athletes to continue to improve, continue to get better, continue to hone their craft. Um, be a lifelong learner, and so if we're preaching that to our athletes, I mean, I think we need to we need to be an example of that as well to our athletes. So, uh, especially the world of strength and conditioning, like it is continually evolving. There's new technology, new ph- philosophies coming out daily. So, I want to I want my athletes to know that they are getting the absolute best knowledge, the best coaching at all times. And the only way that they're really getting that is if I'm continuing to evolve as a coach and continuing to learn and being a lifelong learner. And so uh, I'm always, every day, like the the, the saying is 100% true, where I don't know the the exact thing, but I didn't know, how much I didn't know until I continually started learning and going to conferences. Like you think, you know, everything, but the more conferences that you go to, you realize you really don't know that much. And so, um, just every day and every year and every time trying to add some letters to my names and add some certifications to my name, adding some knowledge to, to my programming. It's, uh, Something that I take pride in because I want my athletes to know that they're getting the absolute best. And it's not—it's not the program that I gave them last year. It's not going to be the same program that I gave up this year. I'm continually trying to just give them the absolute best possible programming out there.
1: Yeah, it's important to invest in yourself and keep growing. Yeah, great, uh, great philosophy for sure. Um, are there any of those certifications that you'd say you're kind of most proud of and um, and then just a follow-on question to that: Do any of them kind of help you connect better with the youth athletes that you uh, work with?
2: Uh, I would say definitely the uh, the CSCS certification through NSCA. That's like the gold standard for strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, that's something that I mean it's a diff- very difficult test to pass, and uh, so I'm definitely extremely. Honored to be a part of that. There's not that many coaches at any level that have the CSBS, and uh, so that's definitely probably the one most distinctive designation. But uh, as far as the other ones, I just last month was able to get the certified functional strength coach certification by uh, by Mike Boyle, who's one of the most renowned strength coaches, which was. It was a great certification where, um, it really, even if you're, whether you're, a, you've been in the industry for a long time or if you're a relatively new strength coach, he gives you so much practical information and how you could just immediately take that back to your program and apply it to your programming, to your athletes. So that's something that, that was great that I just, just got in the last month. And then as far as connecting to my athletes, I mean, um, I picked up the VertiMax coaches certification, uh, I guess about six months ago, and all athletes, whether they're basketball players, football players, soccer players, they know about the VertiMax machine, and um, they they want it. To, if if a facility has it, they want to use it. Um, is it the end all be all for training? No, but it is. It's a great tool to enhance your training, and so. By me being able to add that certification to my background, I think it's uh is definitely something that's helped connect me with my athletes because now they not only know that we're going to be implementing Vertimax training into our programming, but they also know that I'm one of the specialists that has that certification. And the guys at Vertimax, all of the uh, all of the guys uh, at Vertimax, like Al Mraz, he's uh, He's the CEO. They're 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 unbelievable people, and they just want to give back to the profession. They're not just about selling a the product. They're they're about giving back to, to coaches and really trying to help the profession, especially with youth athletes. So, and, and as far as your question, I think that, that that's one that my athletes immediately should resonate with, where they say, "Hey, coach, coach is certified in vertimax, He knows what he's doing. And they want to use the veterinary for sure."
0: Got it. So you mentioned there, you know, whether you're at football, basketball, ba- baseball, whatever sport it is, uh, you want to get you want to get that verta Now, tell us wh- how many sports right now, at Windermere, are you working with? Is it all? Is it all football, baseball, basketball? Is it all the teams? Do you lean more towards one or the other?
2: No, it's all of the teams, and it's been an it's been an unbelievable first year. Uh, we our our sports teams. Uh, we've had some very successful sports teams in it. I think probably our two most successful sports teams that have been been the football and basketball team. And so obviously also football and basketball are normally the sports, especially at the high school level, that are more indoctrinated into strengthening and conditioning. They were very involved. And my biggest agenda when I came to Windermere Prep was I wanted to expand our strength program and not just be with the football basketball program but to work with all of the sports and then especially our female athletes and it's been a great first year where especially I mean we've had great numbers and great great commitment with all of our sports but I would say our female athletes have really stood out where they 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 had a drive and a hunger to be be, be in the weight room and, and to dedicate themselves to improving themselves athletically. and they, Their commitment level has stood out. and um, So really, I I have no allegiance to one sport or the other. Uh, my favorite athletes are my hardest working athletes. I don't care if you're the best athlete in the school or the worst athlete in the school. If you're one of the hardest workers, you're definitely going to be one of my favorite athletes. and uh, We've had great commitment, but the female athletes have stood out. Like we'll have the first week of the summertime, we gave them the week off from official workouts. But I was like, "Hey, we're gonna have these open optional workouts these days," and we probably had twice as many female athletes as as male athletes, and that's that's definitely awesome to see because there's still that stereotype that, "Hey, yeah, I'm a female, I shouldn't lift heavy weights. I don't want to look like a guy." And that stereotype. It, it does not exist at uh, at Windermere Prep, and it's something awesome to see. We talk about with, with with well, especially with our female athletes. We talk about hey, strong is the new skinny. Uh, so we, it, we there's no point in being skinny. Like we want to be strong. It doesn't matter if you're strong for a guy or strong for a girl. We just want to be strong. And so it's been awesome to see that for sure.
1: Tell us a little more about, you know, when, how you put together programs. So when you're designing um, a program, do you have kind of a, an outcome in mind, say, you know, basketball team they want to jump higher or a baseball player, they want stronger legs to pitch better. Like do you have a specific kind of outcome in mind when you're designing something?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's a great question. And so really, we have five core values for all of our athletes, all whatever sport they play, um, and that really shapes the programming by uh, programming for for each sport. And those core values are number one: we want to protect the athlete. Everything that we do in, in our programming, in our in, in, in our strength and conditioning program, is to protect them from getting injured in the sport that they play, and then protect them from obviously getting in the weight room. And so. Depending, like you said, according to their sport, depending on the sport that they play, it could be different exercises to protect them according to the demands of their sport. And so, for instance, if I'll talk about basketball players, uh, basketball is a very interior-dominated sport where very quick change of directions, very quick jumps, starts, starts and stops. So just by the nature of their sport, they're building their quads up. And so in our programming our strength and conditioning, a lot of times in the weight room, I want to really focus on their posterior chain and strengthen their hamstrings, strengthen their glutes, strengthen their lower back to help prevent that injury. So number one is protect the athlete. Number two is we want them to move well. And uh, especially at at the high school level, we're working with athletes that could be 13 years old all the way to 18 years old. So it's very challenging to program four at the high school level because you've got to beat each individual athlete where they are. But first we want them to have great movement patterns, great fundamental movement patterns, good mobility, and good stability. And then number three, it doesn't matter what sport they play, we want them to move strong. If they can move well, have good mobility and good stability, and they can get stronger, it's going to enhance them in any sport they play, whether it's football, basketball, golf, tennis. If you, get, if you move well and get stronger – you're going to be a better athlete for sure especially at the high school level. Number four, again, doesn't matter what sport they play, we want them to move fast. So everything we're doing do in our strength and conditioning program, we're going to incorporate linear speed development and change of direction and agility progressions in, the, in our programming. And then the last one, listed last, but it's definitely, I don't think it's the last, them, is, is I want them to thrive. Through our strength and conditioning program, I want that, I want to teach that, teach them how to embrace the process of becoming the best at getting better, and that's something that I think that they can carry over to every area of life. I talk about that a lot with our athletes, is this is one of the most important things that they're going to do in high school, and they're going to use it for the next 50, 60 years of their life, not just to become a better athlete, uh, not just to live a healthier lifestyle, but if they learn how to embrace the process of becoming the best of getting better, we are going to carry over to all areas of life. So really, the programming, we want them. We want to protect them, we want them to move well, we want them to move strong, we want them to move fast, we want them to thrive. And then we'll, we'll adapt the programming again to the sport they play. And I talk to you about this all the time, um, I think that programming at the high school level is one of the most challenging levels uh, is versus college, professional, any level. Programming at the high school level one of the most challenging levels because, again, I could have a 13-year-old, I could have an 18-year-old. i got to take into account their developmental age, mm-hmm. their birth age, their experience, their movement competency, the trust factor that I have with them. So we break our athletes down into four different groups, and we progress them through a long-term athletic development process to meet them at their end goal. And so I like to talk about our programming is it's unified where they're all training towards the same athletic development goal, but it's not uniform where we're all doing the exact same thing. There's going to be different levels according to their age, according to their strength level, according to the sport they play.
0: Right. And you took the the question right out of my mouth there. I was going to ask, how do we really ensure the safety of these kids when they are maybe not fully developed or not in that developing stage yet? Is there an age that's too young to begin strength and conditioning?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. That's a question that I get all the time, especially at the high school level from parents, from coaches, from everybody. And really, you can start strength training at any age, but really what people think about when they think about strength training is they think about lifting weights and putting a barbell on their back or or loading them. You can strength train teaching proper fundamental movement patterns, teaching a proper bodyweight squat, teaching a proper lunge, teaching a proper hip hinge, teaching a proper push-up, pull-up, row, at any age, where, where they're going to still continue to get stronger, and they're going to learn those proper fundamental movement patterns. So, just because they're not lifting weights, does not mean they're not strength training. I mean, you you'll see a a, a three year old get in a body weight squat, and that that they're still getting they're still loading themselves with that body weight. And they're still getting in those fundamental movement patterns that they a a five year old is running and jumping. That's that's still strength training. Uh, so there's really no real a- age to, that they cannot start strength training as far as loading them with an external load and especially with a barbell. I mean, again, that's a, that's a loaded question as well because one 13-year-old can be at a completely different level than a diff- than another 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. They can be at a different puberty level, developmental level. But as far as what we do, we do something called FAST. F-A-S-S-T is an acronym for Future Athlete Speed and Strength Training. And we start our athletes as young as fifth grade, just teaching mm. them fundamental movement patterns, body weight front technique, body weight launch, teaching them proper sprint technique, really breaking down agility and change of direction. And that's something that we do that if my goal is they learn those proper movement patterns, proper sprint technique, proper agility, proper jump and landing progression. Now they do that fifth, sixth, seventh, and then their eighth grade year. We start to really indoctrinate them to the waiver. They're going to be that much more advanced because mm-hmm. they're already going to understand those proper movement patterns. They're going to already have good mobility and stability, and they're going to be that much more advanced. But then you also get into the factor where we don't want burnout. Like there's so much uh, sports, but individual sports specialization, and you talk about burnout and these kids being overworked with their parents. So the number one, I want to teach these kids these great movement patterns, but I also want them to I want to teach them how to work hard as well. But I also want them to enjoy the process of training. And I want it to be a place where they know they're gonna work hard, but they also it's gonna be a place that they're gonna they're gonna enjoy. So we don't so we minimize that burnout process. And I mean I talked to we just tested our young athletes that fast group uh, just this morning in the standing broad jump. The big thing I talked to them about was you're all at different levels. I don't care who has the biggest part of this broad jump. The best thing about training, the best thing about the weight room, the best thing about strength and conditioning is the weights don't lie. And what I mean by that is if you come consistently and give maximum effort, you're, pro- you're going to get faster. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more explosive. So the reason we're testing you in the broad jump right now is not to see who has the furthest broad jump. The reason for testing is because when we test you again at the end of the summer, if you've come consistently and gave maximum some investment effort, the odds are your broad jump is going to improve. And so that's something that's great about strength and conditioning is you can see that immediate improvement, whereas say you're – A volleyball player consistently going to practice, you don't don't get that automatic number where you say, hey, I can tell I 100% improved in the game of volleyball. Uh, There's not that real set number, whereas as as far as strength and conditioning, you can say, hey, I can see. I had this broad jump eight weeks ago. I've been grinding. I've been working. My broad jump's gone up six, six inches through that. So that's something that's awesome that it can be taught at any any age, and them just learning those principles of giving their best every day and being dedicated again, it carries over to every area of life.
1: Yeah, great. A lot of principles to live by, honestly, and everything that you're you're talking about today. Um, so here at Hustle, you know we've got a lot of youth coaches that listen to the podcast. You know, what advice do you have um, for youth coaches, especially coaches? of younger kids. Um, they, they want to encourage strength and conditioning and, and kind of build that type of program within, uh, you know, within the sport that they coach. You know, what advice do you have for them?
2: Yeah, I would say 100%. I mean, you don't need to complicate it. Teach them the p- fundamental movement patterns of body weight, squat, a hip change, a lunge, a push-up, a pull-up. Really get them to the master the basics. Take straight. Ability to absorb force with landing progressions and deceleration progression, uh, and you don't need to you don't need to get into high level plyometrics. You don't need to load them obviously. You don't get, need to get into all these fancy YouTube videos. Absolutely, master the basics. But then, 100, percent especially at the youth level, when we're talking about say fourth, fifth, sixth grade, for sure, it needs to be a place. An all-encompassing place where they enjoy coming to. Can you still push them? Can you still coach them hard? Yes, but making a place that they want to come to. Where it's not a place where, where, where where they dread coming to. It's not a place where they don't want to come to. Making a place where they really feel at home, where they feel a sense of accomplishment, where they feel a sense of camaraderie. Whether they're the best athlete or the worst athlete make it a place where they enjoy coming to because, again, there are completely different developmental levels. And I, I remember at AC4, I had a kid. I mean, he's old now. I think he's about to graduate college. But he was he, – he, he, he ended up being one of my all-time best athletes at AC4. He was a two-time state speed and strength champion. And he would live in the weight room. He would always come and help me coach our younger athletes, and he talked about, he was like, he would come and talk to the younger athletes and he'd be like, hey, I remember in seventh grade, I got cut from our middle school football team. I was a little chubby kid. <laughs> Eighth grade year, I was the last guy to make the middle school football team. Uh, didn't play at all. And he came to me in ninth grade. He was a great worker. He barely played on the freshman football team. Continued to work. He hit. he was a hard worker, but he also was probably late in hitting his developmental process, develop uh, puberty level and developmental level, and played JV his tenth grade year. And then but then his eleventh grade year he was varsity. He was a very good player. And then his twelfth grade year he was he was a captain. He was one of our best players. He ended up going to play um, small time division college football. But if if coaches had given up on him and coaches had cut him in the team or just wrote him off in middle school and made his experience terrible like what would have ever happened and now he's graduating college and is an exercise science major he wants to be in the field of strength and conditioning so especially at the youth level it's very easy to to be drawn towards your best athlete, your biggest and fastest athlete but you never know where they are in their developmental level. And so I think we need to make it an all encompassing environment. Can we coach them hard? Yes. Can we push them hard? Yes. But we also gotta make it a place that they enjoy coming to, for sure.
0: Exactly. That's a regular Michael Jordan story right there. Everyone always says, you know, he got cut from his freshman team and look where he ended up. So it can certainly happen with the right coaches in place and with the right with the right mindset to, to make yourself drive yourself that far. Coach Ball, definitely appreciate the time here tonight. Before we let you go, we want to do something we do with all our coaches. We want to do a little rapid-fire round. Just throw some questions at you, a little catch-and-release action, uh, and we'll just get right into it. Sound good?
2: I love it. Let's go. All right,
0: here we go. We'll make it easy. First one, favorite sports movie of all time?
2: Favorite sports movie? Uh, I'm going to go Peacock game.
1: (laughs) Good one. I like it. Um, What's one mistake that players make in the offseason? that causes a setback coming into the next year?
2: I would 100% think when they think that the off season is the off season and they uh-huh. think it's a time, time to rest. I mean, athletes are made in the off season. And so if you're not training in the off season, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're taking a step back for sure. So uh-huh. um, use the off season. Use the off season to become the best at getting better and really dedicated to improving – Your athleticism, for sure, coming from a strength and conditioning uh, coaching perspective.
0: I love that. They think the off season is the off season. That's great. Uh, All right, next one here. Uh, It's uh, it's let's say it's Saturday morning. You have any coaching lessons or anything coming up to that afternoon? You're trying to get your own workout in. You walk into the gym. What's the first workout you're doing? (laughs)
2: Uh, I'd say it's evolved over the years as I've gotten older, but I definitely want to still try and train a little bit like an athlete. So. I'd say if you asked me that three, four, five years ago, it would have been the hang clean, which I, I, I love. I love the clean, but as I've gotten a little older, I've I backed off a little bit. So now I'd say trap bar deadlift, which is still one of the staples of our program with hmm. uh, with, with my athletes, and I think it's one. Of, it, it's a great athlete. It's a great movement for for athletes of all levels, for sure.
1: A classic, no doubt about it. Uh, last question here for rapid fire round. You know what's your favorite piece of technology that you use um in your training
2: good question right there i'm gonna go with um we just picked up a few of these when i came down to windermere prep and uh it's it it is great for athletes of all levels um we use a the, the tendo units for velocity based training um and I love to implement that, especially with athletes of all levels, because it gives them instant feedback and gives them that tangible number where we talk about a lot. They're, they talk about a lot now in the training environment um, and new trends with, with, this, with this age of athletes, with the video game age of athletes and trying to gamify training and gamify their strength and conditioning. And so the Tendo unit, if we're trying to talk to the athlete about moving the bar fast, we can say as many times as we want, move the bar faster, move the bar faster. But the Tendo unit gives them that immediate output and that that tangible number of how fast they move the bar. So that's something that they're used to in the video game era. And so now it gives them that competitive aspect, say we're, we're doing hand cleans and they move that bar 1.6 meters per second. And now that next step, I'm like, I want you to move it faster. They got that immediate tangible number that they see and say, hey, I moved it 1.65 there. So it's something where they get that immediate feedback, which I think is big, especially with in the era we are and the type of uh, athlete and, and youth that we're dealing with that are are very technologically advanced there nice. you go
0: gamification not the first time we've heard that one before at all well coach again appreciate the time tonight love the knowledge here. It's a little different interview than we than we usually do but uh definitely different aspect i uh, appreciate the time again it's coach micah kurtz you can find him online on twitter and instagram there at kurtz m3 see his takes on the athletes today and see some of his own workout videos he will be dropping uh coach appreciate the time again and uh we'll catch you we'll catch you down the line how's that sound
2: yeah, you guys are awesome. I appreciate having, you having me on and love to be on again for sure. Keep up the great work.